This Usually, always remember the Mod State Podcast. And now, your hosts. Always remember. Always remember. All right, you heathens. Great speech. That's a good speech. And then now it is our um, intro. It's our own hour of power. Sure. Indeed. What's up, dude? How are you? Man, good. Always good to, to wake up in the greatest republic in the world and to reconvene with you to review, critique, discuss. <sighs> well, there's plenty of that to do. Um, well, yeah, but we do it from different, pl- coming from different places in so many different ways, and yet we're still doing it. Indeed. Five years now. It's really been. Exactly. I know. Um, okay. Well, I think we've got a good show. <clears throat> and uh, before we dive in, let's do the pleasantries. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning into the Mod State podcast. For more opinion pieces, head over to modstate.com, the mothership, if you will. And of course, wherever you are listening continue to do so tell your friends and know that uh it's a pretty cool community so um you say mothership the the day that i'm not in front of the led zeppelin poster (laughs) that's fair enough except you get some cool arcade games in the back so i think it's eclectic and it's all good so uh well here we are i think we got a good show we i promise you know we've been talking ad nauseum about hey we're gonna bring the YouTube back. We're going to do this. And I, I think we are actually in a position where uh, we will be bringing YouTube. But I also think I want to acknowledge the fact that not everyone that listens to podcasts um, are, are trying to go, you know, watch the same thing on YouTube. I'm I'm very vice versa. I mean, there's people in the multimedia people on TikTok are not about to, this is way too long. Yeah. So, uh, the point being, uh, what we are trying to do with YouTube is actually bring uh, different content um, that I think is palatable and would be interesting, whether or not that's just you and I doing like a precast or something like that. And I think I think that is uh, something that I think would be interesting, but I promise it's coming. It's all about just honing in the technology and making sure that the product that we give you is actually palatable. So... I mean, now we actually kind of have some of the infrastructure in place to do that. It's taken that kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight, obviously, logistically. And we've slowly but surely put it together. Yeah. Well, I think it probably together. It's nice to see. I would say I think it probably took us a better part of what um, it had to been like a year and a half, I think, where we finally felt comfortable with what we were doing with the actual just audio uh, of of the podcast. It took a solid at least for me anyway, a solid 7,500 episodes before I felt like, all right, I'm not going to totally, I'm not going to totally be the worst podcast co-host anybody's heard. Uh, well, from the beginning, I think you weren't the worst. So, uh, I I commend you for that. I appreciate it, but you know, you you do an excellent job, but yeah, it's, it's come a long way. It's before I was, it was kind of painful at times for me to, to hear it. And now it's like, this this is is not bad. Yeah. It's kosher. Exactly. It's passable. For the most part, yeah. For the most part. Well, shoot, dude. What? There's a ton of things to talk about today. Um, And I think we we did precast. So, like, for example, one thing that we'd like to bring to YouTube, and I think it'd be pretty cool 
is getting in on a little bit of the precast uh, uh, behind the scenes, right? And I, we, were, we were batting around doing Patreon, all sorts of stuff, and I think everything's on the table, but <clears throat> the YouTube piece, uh, I think just getting sort of the inside look on, on how we prepare for these shows, uh, it might be interesting, um, but also maybe not exactly what you would call kosher conversation. Um, it's definitely a bit more profane. Is yeah. that fair? Or it, well, all right, not necessarily profane, but acerbic, caustic. It could be from time to time. Tawdry, tawdry. These are all great words. They, um, they, these words they, they they cost. They cost, huh? Okay, it costs minutes. Well, well, well. Then <clears throat> let's drive on because I wouldn't want to. Let's uh, not incur unnecessary. Indeed, sunk costs. Let's let's. Uh, Oh, I meant to pull up the bazaar on this. Okay, so I'm gonna do it right now. I I uh, do it right now. Uh, dun, 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 dun. So for bazaar today, what is this soundbite? Oh, that's not that's not what I wanted. That was not the that's that's the sound that uh, you and I were made to. It. Oh, gross. <laughs> All right, the bazaar. <laughs> Uh, I've got these buttons and I've got all these different, um, little hit the little, right one, please. Uh, let's see which one's this. I didn't tell a good joke. So that was a miss. Um, let me see here. And mine was gnarly. So let's see which one's this. <laughs> so the Republican, lousy, they just lay there. Don't they? This is what I'm going to, when I start talking about the Republican party, I, I'm just going to hit oh that. God. Stop. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's 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 shift gears. Here. All right. Sounds good. So <clears throat> here's for the bazaar. Uh, so uh, there was a study that just came out, and and so I I actually oh, yeah yeah uh, I get uh, pretty much daily. There's a new uh, medical article that comes out that, and and for the most part, a lot of it's pretty dry. It's like, hey, how do we um, how do we best treat let's just say cardiorenal issues. So the heart and the kidneys, what's the best treatment method for this? And it's pretty dry. However, there was a particular article that popped up um, in my email that was about psychosis related to having cats that you grew up with that were both indoor and outdoor cats. And the study showed that, and I don't know why I think that's uh in research studies, often what you will read is that there opens up a new <clears throat> avenue for further research. And the article said, and weirdly enough, primarily affected males, that males that had cats growing up in their household, um, that was an indoor-outdoor cat, so it was a cat that killed animals outside. Those boys actually had a greater propensity to psychosis or schizophrenia, et cetera, uh, later in life. Jack Hughes. So, but you brought up a good point. You're like, well, there's a number of things that can contribute to that too, right? So like cannabis use actually is coming out and showing that cannabis use actually increases uh, propensity to schizophrenia. schizophrenia. <clears throat> and this, this study actually showed that as well. Um, and the I think I mean, multiple things are probably true here. Yes. And, and actually, the, the whole idea that cats 
actually can produce uh, issues, um, whether it's down the road or existing. Um, I don't think that's what it's getting at. Well, but like, so for, so the, the link they made was toxoplasmosis. And so for example, In English. what that means, it's a bug, it's a bug. Um, but a good example would be pregnant women should actually cat litter. should not clean up cat litter. And the reason is because the toxo, toxoplasmosis, which is this bug, um, can actually harm the fetus, it, which makes sense. But <clears throat> what they're finding is that there's actually a link to men specifically um, with having cats, again, that were outdoor indoor cats uh, growing up, that actually there's a greater propensity or a, a, a increased propensity to psychosis, schizophrenia, et cetera, later and in life. Maybe, maybe this is that portion of the of the book and so much of our lives together that's gone unanswered. Maybe this is where you're like, Devinny, we have a long-term solution. You know, we're going to have to kill your cats and lock you away in a straitjacket. But well, maybe this is telling us something. Maybe, except for the fact or that- Or maybe we need more research. Maybe we just need some more research. I think so. I think so. But- A little, a for, little moderation. For those who are out there that have an indoor and outdoor cat, uh, and have little boys. Oh, they're um, glorious cats. Be, beware um, that that, you, is. that you could have kiddos who um, may have psychosis in the future. So, yeah. Anyway, like you, yeah. Well, yeah. Do you want kids like Devetti? Oh my God. Well, I'm if glad. I'm if glad your kid that, grows up to be a Nixon Republican and you had an indoor outside cat, there you go. Indoor, there might be something to this. Indoor outdoor cat, and your kid likes Nixon. Wouldn't just, that just be sinister enough to be true, though? Knowing cats the way we do? Knowing, the, knowing cats you... Cats would vote for Nixon in a heartbeat. You think? Yeah. I was going to say, maybe you're just a case study by yourself because you're, I'm the, just only, a weirdo. you're the only person I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like my buddy, my buddy was one of the Marines I was stationed with in 29 Palms goes, Davini, do you know who likes the Zune? You, just you. I was the only person in the platoon with the Zune. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which finally died last year, by the way, after being in service since 2007. Should have had a state funeral. <laughs> but you didn't. So it was a good run. No, I left yeah. it in DC on accident. Yeah, it'll happen. That was a while ago then. No, I left it in DC this last go round. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. So there you go. Beware. Buyers beware, adopters beware. Uh, I was so amped to talk about that. Uh, I forgot what we were going to talk about next, but I do know what we're going to talk about next because I just remembered. Um, and I think probably <laughs> this will, <laughs> I feel like this will segue well, I think into the, the, the major talking points that we will have. And uh, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I do want to acknowledge that we might not talk about Ukraine as much on this episode, but I think there's a lot of stuff that's coming out now <clears throat> um, as Russia actually retreats back into Belarus and back into Russia. Um, that slowly, as the Ukrainians pick up the pieces uh, because of the retreat, I think we'll learn more and more about what has happened and what will be the fallout from that. I think it's interesting that 
you, you know, we really haven't had, I mean, the conflicts we were a part of in Afghanistan and Iraq, <clears throat> and I believe, I, I think we were actually stationed together when we formally withdrew from Iraq. I think, I th- if not, it was... It was right on the borderline of that. It was, or we were both leaving. It was, it was roundabouts that time. Yeah. Um, and, but even in Iraq, even in Afghanistan, we were fighting a, or we were, <clears throat> I guess at that point, we weren't really fighting as much as we were trying to keep those nations from being overrun by entities that were really non-governmental, right? So, um, religious factions, um, religious fat groups that were under the guise of religious factions, but it really wasn't like government entities, right? I think the first <clears throat> that we, Russia and Ukraine is this situation where uh, it's, it's, it's literally country versus country. Um, it's not, and right. you could make the case so that we haven't had a state on state war. Exactly. As much as it is like ideology against ideology, it really is state warfare. Um, it is, it is a military versus a military, um, right. and I, given this, given this nature, I, th- in, in this case, I, I think I'm curious to see how, uh, we move forward now that things like war crimes have been thrown out there. Right. I mean, Saddam was, I know, and I see you shaking your head already because I, <clears throat> I think you're probably in the same, uh, headspace as I am with this, where, I mean, Saddam Hussein was executed by the Iraqis, right? It wasn't like a Nuremberg trial. Um, he was sentenced to death. It was his own people that did it. And, and I'm not here shedding tears for the guy. However, we are in a situation where, hey, look, I mean, just today there was a bus station and you can see the photos of, of the dead strewn. You can see, uh, a number of other places where there's clearly been civilians that have been killed and civilians being killed in war. is not a new thing. I mean, that is, we can go back as far to world war two to show that the blitz, the blitzkrieg was not trying to target like, uh, uh, military industry, industry and, and infrastructure. I mean, it, they did kill civilians. So, um, but here we are, we've got Biden, President Biden, we have a number of world leaders who are now calling what they have seen and what is coming out of Ukraine as war crimes. And I think my takeaway is what then, if we're really throwing this label out there, and I'm not one to step in and disagree, then what are we going to do? I mean, are we going to rehash war tribunals like we did in World War II? Is Putin really on the hook for this? Like what, or are we just putting it on the record that says like, yes, indeed, uh, this, this, this should go down in history as war crimes. Uh, but y- y- I guess that's kind of my thought. I mean, to me, there's any number of ways that could go, but I think back and I'm not saying that by any means, I agree with Keith Richards in this assessment here because it wasn't about Russia, but he made a, a statement about hip hop one time. He said, lots of words. Very little said. Now, so what I'm not you saying I agree with it. What, what is also like uh, low signal, high noise. Right. So forget his opinion of rap music and apply that, though. That's what I 
I, I hear a lot of this. I'm not worried about the guy walking up to me outside of a bar doing this, running his mouth. The people that get quiet, okay? All this, all this governor chops. You think the, the, the oligarchs, that, that's really making a dent, them losing yachts, them being forced to sell Chelsea, the soccer club? You think Abraham, yeah, Abrahamovich, I believe his name is, Roman, yeah. uh, you think that's really making a dent here, regardless of its legality? I mean, but I also see the fact that like you and I discussed the other day, I also feel like I've been unduly harsh on Neville Chamberlain, who, folks, was the prime minister of Britain before Winston Winston Churchill and more or less handed over Czechoslovakia to Adolf Hitler in a bid to prevent what ended up happening anyway. It's easy for us to Monday morning quarterback that, not trying to make this a history lesson, but I've done it over the years and now I'm going to look at it going, okay, what does victory look like here? We're talking about with Russia, again, I said this last episode, I believe, but we're talking about a state, a people that tolerated this from two different forms of government that willingly torched their own civilization in not one but two world conflicts to deny their enemy control. Napoleon nor Hitler could could fathom an enemy like that. So both in 1812, I believe it was, in 1941, 42, Leningrad and all that. I mean, we're talking about they, they, they scorched their own civilization to, to deny their enemy control of victory. We don't know. How, how do you beat a people like that? What does that look like? We're going to glass the entire globe? So, I mean, I, I don't know. And I don't think any of these leaders, particularly outside of some conservative elements in both France and the United Kingdom, I don't think there's a will in the West to to sacrifice the numbers for this war. Not seeing this one. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. If he I stops think, at Ukraine, I'm, I think that's it. Yeah, I and I think at this point, um, I mean, just, it's, it's just been all interesting, right? I mean... He stays, though, in answer to your query. Yeah, I... I... Unless they kill him, that's different. But I, I don't think it's getting to that, right? Because I think the no. Russian economy actually, other than having like high-end uh, uh, goods, I mean, there's obviously been a number of... Uh, the bottom line is, I don't think that as long as we continue to, or the world continues to utilize Russian oil... Uh, even if we didn't, Nate, but we even, don't have the guts. No, but but I mean from like a from a from a tightening the squeeze, like even sanctions only go so far, right? And what we're willing to do, and I think, well, right, because you're th- talking about half of Europe not having warm houses in the winter. Exactly. Well, I mean, we're in a position where we might not need that necessarily right now, but I, I think also the thing is, is that, and it was an interesting point that was brought up, and I, <clears throat> it's obviously not my my um, uh, thought, but. So I want to give, I think it was on the Economist uh, podcast, that Russia in the past, I mean, we look at the Soviet Union, that there was a, necess- there, there was a necessity to actually uh, be internally or domestically reliant, right? And, and I think that that hasn't necessarily changed a whole lot because the, the Soviet Union, it wasn't like it fell 70 years ago, um, there was a, there was an internal reliance on resources. There's an internal reliance on, um, yeah, I think like, it was seven when it fell. 
and, and like this just sort of internal fortitude to be able to make it work. And that just hasn't disappeared since uh, the Soviet Union fell. So I think that this particular oh, they're country, incredibly resilient people, if that's what you're getting at. Well, but even just just because of their internal build out, like their energy, uh, their industry, that's that. Whereas uh, the United look, States, look at those people and tell me what they're not going to tolerate from a leader. Is well, there a bar too low? Well, no, but also that I, I think tolerated Joseph Stalin, for God's sake. I I think that propaganda goes a long way, and we can talk about that separately. But but even just so, when the Soviet Union fell, we had leadership in the U.S. that was actively working to outsource um, the ability to you know have human capital in uh, in a different country because it was cheaper, and the Soviet Union didn't have that same um, uh, opportunity, right? Because they fell. They had an inferior product. So, so, but you want to expect, you want to export that, which, which, what the fact that, uh, it, it, well, oh, oh, let's make every country a third world country. Have you seen the hospitals? What in Russia? Dear God. Well, I, I guess, I guess I'd say like, my point is, is that given their history, um, there has been, just from an industry perspective, um, far more um, just like domestic reliance on a lot of stuff. Obviously, they have import, they have exports, but I think that's different from the U.S. in in terms of like our manufacturing, et cetera. So, I don't think anyone's saying we want to go toe to toe. with Russia at all, but I just don't know that the sanctions at this point have actually been particularly uh, effective. Uh, I mean, one of the, one of the big marks was, Hey, your credit's about to go South when you default on these debts. And at this point, what incentive does the Russian state have to pay? So it's irrelevant to them, whether they get downgraded by Moody's or Fitch's or not. Yeah. And I think that's to, to, to what you said. I mean, that's a good point. Uh, so, but also it, it might be that Russia actually sees that there is absolutely no way forward in Ukraine to have the control that they want. <clears throat> and they're willing to, what, however the negotiations look, uh, I think they ultimately control um, the Donbass region. So, so East, Eastern Russia, but then maybe... If there is some sort of peace negotiation, why would they stop now? Is my question. Why I get, and I know we asked this question a while ago. Like, what, 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 what is this? How do we make them stop? Or like, what is the stopping? No, I'm not asking how we make them stop. I'm saying why Why? at this point, if you're if you're now calling up your regulars and you're calling up more mercenaries, why would you stop without Kiev under your control? If you're Vladimir Putin, what incentive? It looks like a defeat otherwise. Well, so you're right. But I think for the first time, Russia has to reconcile the fact that everyone has just been lying to everyone, right? I mean, there was clearly no, there was clearly no good communication or honest communication on, (laughs) yeah, right? On, on how. Ukraine. Clearly, he's got a bunch of yes men around him. They're like, oh, sir, no exactly. problem. He didn't have one so, honest person who was like, sir, um, I think this would be like invading the American South. I so, don't think this is a good idea. Exactly. I mean, even down to the fact that 
Nowadays, felt, I mean, they not felt, just out back then. I feel like uh, as something as simple as, hey, it's the springtime, and in spring, things get wet and they get muddy. Maybe we don't do, uh, you know, a convoy march into Kiev, right? And, and, yeah. and that, I mean, that's very simple. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, if you, you're inviting them to recall the original definition of the word partisan, which was guerrilla warfare. I mean, you're begging them for 10 columns going at 40 miles long. How arrogant are you? I mean, that's the hubris was unbelievable. Yeah. So it's actually on a side note. I thought, um, did you see, and, and, uh, I can't stand the guy, but I thought it was interesting. So, so Matt Gates, by the way, who's under investigation for, uh, the Florida, yes, yeah, the Florida who's, representative. Who's also under invest, by the way, groomers, we're going to get all of that stuff, but Matt Gates who's currently under investigation for, um, paying an underage girl for sex. <clears throat> Anyway, so that groomer, Matt Gates, um, I mean, he's, he's innocent until proven guilty, but he is, he is under investigation. His, for, uh, his best friend already is going to prison, blood guilty. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he, uh, there was a clip of him grilling uh, the Secretary of Defense, uh, Mr. Austin. And one thing he brought up was the fact that, hey, look, you know, here we are, there's another close to a trillion dollars worth of annual defense budget spending. Um, tell me why. And I th- I'll be honest with you. I can't stand the guy. I can't stand Matt Gates. But for one second, I was like, hey, you know, it's a good question. Um, so we're asking for more money. Um, are you asking for more money because you guys just continually get intelligent assessments wrong? And one of the, one being that, hey, look, y'all said that Ukraine would fall within like 30 days and you were wrong. Um, and so tell me why I should sign off on this defense budget when uh, your assessments continue to be wrong. And I paused and thought about that. And I thought secretary Austin's response to that was um, his response was, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you're basically embarrassed with the, the American military. And, uh, but I don't think that's what he was getting at. Well, no, I mean, there was, there was a number of other things that Matt Gates said, um, that he was upset with, but <coughs> I, I paused and I was like, look, I don't, I don't really see the fault in the American intelligence community and the, the, maybe the defense intelligence agency, which would fall under the purview of the DOD. Obviously the CIA is his own entity. Um, but, what is wrong with overassessing the strength of an adversary? And I think obviously Russia, I, I don't think was ever categorized as like a military threat. Although, I mean, within the DOD, I'm, I'm sure it certainly was. But I don't, I guess I don't, as a, as a veteran, I don't think that it's necessarily wrong to overassess the strength of a person you could could possibly go toe to toe with, right? And uh, yeah, I was gonna say unless unless it's something that's strictly being used to to feather one's nest, if you will, unless it's being used to the boon of the military industrial complex, like it behooves them for us to fear Russia. Yeah. Now, 
I think there's obviously things that Russia, North Korea, like I get it. I I totally get it. But I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm just, just like, just like you, I think I'm critical of the defense budget uh, writ large because it's, (laughs) it's an insane amount of spending. Um, and, and I think there's even just a portion of that could be reappropriated to really important things in the U S that would help us domestically. Um, however, a pay raise for the military that surpasses inflation would be wonderful. Fair enough. Even that stays within the DOD to, to do that cost adjustment would be, would be great. However, all this new spending is not going towards the people. So, however, I and I, you know, I was having a conversation with people that haven't been in the military, but know I have a little bit of a background, and so obviously I'm not I'm not actually the one that's writing the defense budget that we want and propose in the proposal. But my point is, is I'm not going to lie. This was a litmus test for where we stand, right? And I actually sleep better at night. How so? How how? So it's a litmus test, not necessarily to the um, the defense intelligence agency's assessment of other militaries' strengths and weaknesses, right? What it, they were definitely wrong in Russia. They were, and and we can talk about how why that intelligence is bad. However, why is it relevant? However, it makes me rest easier at night knowing that I am goddamn sure that our fighting force is actually the most ferocious, violent, and capable, ready force on planet Earth, right? You're comfortable with that assessment. I think it isn't what we could be, necessarily. It's that I truly believe that, given what we have seen with Russia, given what we have watched over the last month that there's only a number of countries that meet that like top criteria of the, uh, the most potentially devastating countries to the U S Russia was pretty high. In fact, I think it was Mitt Romney back in the day that said it's our greatest, um, it's our greatest issue that we'll have to grapple with in the next decade. But I think it, what I think it makes me rest easier Intent and capability are two different things. So, I mean, is there any part of you that, I guess for me, if we're going to spend $700 billion a year, maybe it's a gut feeling. Maybe it's, it's, it's not rooted in any sort of reasonable analytics. But if we had to go toe-to-toe, taking nuclear weapons out of the equation, <clears throat> the U.S. is an incredibly capable fighting force and has, without even doing anything, has proven that there is no way that a Russia, if it got to that point, would stand a chance. On without, top- WD, without WMDs and or massive tactic tactical acumen that we simply haven't seen to date and i'm not a i'm not a foreign policy analyst i i mean i do it you know in my in my own time uh, but with regard to the intelligence one thing's for certain that the u.s intelligence community 
as well as the Brits, we need to get some new sources. And part of the problem is supposedly Vladimir Putin fired clean house in the last month, like from food tasters, chefs, people yeah. who drive his kids to and from school, all of that. So uh, I think he even changed cat groomers. And no, that's not a joke. Um, so which is actually they're grooming cats in Russia, yeah. they're grooming kids in America, which actually seems insane, right? Because talk about a crazy vetting process, but I, you see that study would tell you yeah, that if Putin hadn't grown up with an indoor outside <laughs> cat, EB, we wouldn't be doing this. So I guess, I mean, obviously I think there's, I think, and I agree with you. I think the real conversation needs to be, um, you know, the cat's where it's at. I think the real conversation is how there was a huge intelligence miss here. I do. I, I, I think. I'm, I'm not an intelligence analyst. I don't and have never lived in that space. However, I guess my point is, I think that I am more comfortable with us over. Um, I'd rather overestimate the overestimate than underestimate. Uh, right. that right and, and I, get, I think I get that point. like for my point would be like let's say that Secretary Austin uh, or, or General Milley for that matter went in front of the uh, armed uh, the armed services committee and said yeah uh, it'll take them two months to to overrun Ukraine they're 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 definitely going to do it uh, it'll take two months or maybe just will pick the month and then it happened in you know 12 days there would be a crisis it would legitimately be a, I would be legitimately concerned that that assessment, like if the entire country had fallen like just, blitzkrieg yep. bop style. Yep. And we were caught off guard at how quickly it fell. I would have a huge problem with that. But the fact that the intelligence assessment was far underestimated uh, or overestimated rather, uh, it, it, it does help me sleep at night and it does help me um, justify and feel better for that, that defense budget that we have. Well, it's something else is brought into play here. And I know this is a different topic altogether, and I'm not poo-pooing this by any means, not naysaying whatever way you want to put it. But I think it's brought out the fact that uh, cryptocurrency is the new bearer bond. <laughs> but, ooh, crypto. Uh, because think about it. We have no idea of knowing and or much less controlling how much help they get from shall we say, less than scrupulous actors financially. Yeah. We have no way of knowing or controlling that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... I mean, it's bearer bonds. It's the, it's the same reason we outlawed those in the 80s. What yeah. Name me one good reason. Not talking about a $100 birthday card here. Name me one good reason why in large denominations you obfuscate who's, who's passing money back and forth. Well, I guess my question is, Given the volatility of cryptocurrency, I mean, is it literally just like, because there's no other actual, I mean, there's no fiat currency. Obviously, they've been cut off uh, largely. Well, right, that's my, that's my whole thing here. That's their lifeline. Yeah, but how, I guess. Not converting it, it's not going to be cheap. Exactly. I mean. E and who's going to rent it? That's what I mean. Like, it's, and I don't want to name I, any names here because I don't want to instill any sort of dislike or panic and cap and make worse. I don't want to exacerbate a situation that's been going on in our civil rights community right now by pointing out the actor. But you know what I'm talking about. They start getting help from a friend here. 
and can sustain this, that's where things could, to me, get ugly. If this turns protracted, the longer this lasts, to me, I, I think in a large way, Vladimir Putin's already won. He doesn't want to frame it that way because they don't have Kiev, but the majority of the population has shifted because of people aren't thinking about what's happened with the migrants. Yeah, we know people have left. We'll add in the other part. Who's left? Russian-speaking people. Exactly what he wanted. That's what, three-fourths of the eastern portion of the population now? That demographic shift happened practically overnight, but now he has what he wants. So in a way, you know, I don't know that, see, folks are saying the longer this lasts, I'm going, this isn't 1776, yeah, nor is I it 1970. I think, I think the-, the I don't think this is the U.S. war for independence or Vietnam. No, I think, I think ultimately the way this resolves- and, and I mean, resolve with quotation. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I'm ready to hear yeah. this. Yeah. Quotate quotes of resolve. I think right. I don't know that. I mean, and I've, I've made number of predictions on this show and I, and I, um, I, uh, we're all, we're all human. I resign the fact that most of my predictions are probably wrong. Yeah. But, yeah, but, what, but what do you think? I don't think that Russia Retake. You think they? You think they're done? I think that they're done Moving with. West. I think they're done with what what looks like conventional warfare, and I think it now becomes a massive proxy war. Interesting. Uh, I think that they they keep the territories that they hold, Donbas region, the eastern side. Maybe they try to keep um, Odessa through the Donbas region would be the south because they really want to control those the the waters. What about there. Finland and Sweden? Um, that's a good question. I ultimately think that maybe not Sweden, but definitely Finland has a genuine is- interest in joining NATO. Uh, I think some of that that neutral stance that those countries have historically taken, um, I, you know, I, I think just like any bad entity, right? Like personally, Trump and his his administration, I think were the most corrupt and had every intent of not using that office in a patriotic way. I, the next person who comes after Trump in his image is going to be worse than the original person. And I think that whatever comes after Putin, um, unless there's a revolution in democracy, is not exactly going to be <clears throat> the most dress right dress uh, player that's ready for an amazing de- democratic. I, I, look, so I've read Animal Forum too. I get it, but like, what? You, <sighs> but my my point is, I I think, uh, I think that Finland, for example, needs to think about that long term, right? Would you vote to admit them? I was going to ask you if you were the American rep. What Finland? The North Atlantic North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Would you vote to admit them? Wow, that's a good question. Knowing very little about Finland. Uh, or Sweden, you know more about Sweden. Yeah, I mean, I know you do. I do. Would I? I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't. I don't think. I mean, I think provocation. I don't think. I don't think Finland is that as much as Ukraine is, right? And I don't think that Finland means as much to Putin as Ukraine does for whatever Well, no, reason. of course not. No, that's not, that, no. I mean, that's what, not a question. but what do you, but so I guess, I, I guess when you look at someone like Putin and you're playing this chess game right now, there's going to be some, I mean, I think 
more than Ukraine, if this had been Finland versus Ukraine, I think as much as we were outraged of Ukraine at Ukraine, I think, and maybe this is overstepping and just me thinking out loud, but if not, would be even more outrage, the same or more outrage that would happen in Finland. Because even though, I mean, even though geographically it's like a similar situation, only one's in the north and one's a little bit more central and south, um, I think there's some losses that Putin maybe understands what would need to happen or would happen in this calculus. And Finland is just less important, um, even just geographically, than Ukraine is. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just completely spitballing because I don't know. Uh, I, from that geopolitical perspective in that country, um, I think Finland probably has far less corruption than Ukraine does. I'm not sitting here denying the fact that Ukraine is, I mean, of the two democratic countries between Finland and Ukraine. What about I think, Serbia? Serbia is a weird one because Serbia and Hungary have just had elections and both of their leaders have showed up a little bit more uh, pro, well, maybe not Serbia, but I know Hungary did and uh, Orban um, just won in Hungary again and has um, shown support to, to, to Putin. Um, Serbia is still within the Francophone orbit, which helps, I don't know to what degree, yeah, and what you mean is that they're they're a fairly close ally to France. Well, it's, it's their second language. Um, so, they, so I, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see. We we talked about this the other day, where it's like, how does the geopolitical landscape change? And I say France becomes a much more France. I mean, Germany obviously has to because of their dearth of commitment to defense, which obviously is a result of World War II. Before we get too judgmental there, but now the message has got to be clear, and I think NATO's gotten it. Uh, the European element is all right, y'all have had three quarters of a century of relative peace. That is largely a star-spangled umbrella. Now, yeah, we're still your boys, but it's time for you to start uh, hitting the weights, guys. You yeah. know, it's, 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 it's like that. But I, I also think, though, as well, that from, from a NATO perspective, right, from, a, from, an I think it's a good thing. from an American perspective, I think that they should be pushing for um, and I'm not saying that you should lower the bar for which it takes to enter the EU and NATO. Um, I think that we should still have a standard by which uh, countries are admitted. However, I think Finland passes that test before Ukraine does. But I think it is within, I think it is to, the, to if we're talking about American interests, right? And I think that's the way national, the, uh, any person who sits on the national security, uh, the NSC, um, anyone in intelligence, anyone who is is in government will always look and calculate uh, any action they take or any potential action around the world and their level of involvement with the interests of the U.S. in mind, right? So that's right. why we we can see horrible atrocities in a place like Eritrea or Ethiopia currently Somalia. right now, Somalia, and and there is a there's a cold calculus that's com, com, that's completed that says what are the american interests there what are the interests of said outcomes and and that will gauge our level of commitment to those conflicts and i think that it is in america's best interest to have more people more countries within nato but obviously within but even even uh to to a greater extent the eu um, which is obviously America plays no role in that. However, having that unification 
um, is I think overwhelmingly important to the stability of I mean, stability from a conflict perspective, right? Not necessarily stability of, um, well, but even stability of, of, of markets, et cetera, but from a conflict perspective um, benefits the U.S. So having someone like Finland, having someone like Sweden um, entering and, and making a, a, a pledge and a commitment to want to be part of NATO or the EU, I, I just don't see the downside. Uh, and maybe Ukraine becomes that neutral player like a Sweden or like a Switzerland to appease Russia. Um, but I don't think that the conflict necessarily, but the conflict that we've seen over the last month, I think is largely done, but maybe even more destructive is what's to come. And that's sort of this proxy, uh, maybe this inability for Ukraine to rebuild in any meaningful way because Russia's that continual splinter in their side. I don't know. That's just where my head's on at. And I, 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 um, reserve the right to be completely wrong on this, but, right. but that's kind of where I think. I feel like, no, I just, I, I wanted to see, you know, gauge where you were at with it. I don't want to, I don't want to beat it to death. I mean, there's a lot of wait and see to happen. I mean, I, I don't know. Now that the regulars have been called up and they're regrouping, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that I, means. And maybe it's just more occupation within I don't know. Uh, already established regions. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, there, there are some domestic things I'd like to talk about. And, uh, and I think they're hilarious. And, and we'll talk. Um, oh, good. Yes, indeed. So we have uh, domestically, I think, obviously, something we should, we should talk about is the confirmation officially of the first African-American female to the Supreme Court. And I, I think, I mean, there's obviously the fact that it happened is, is incredibly important. And I think it, it is a, a much needed, at least at this time, a, 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 a much needed uh, confirmation to, and is in line with culture today where we've got role models that people can look up to that young girls can look up to and see diversity on the highest court of the land. And it's a, it's a, I, I, it, it's unfortunate that um, in today's climate, that that nomination and confirmation is labeled as affirmative action. Um, when I think it's completely fine to have that representation and, and, and have to have that representation on, on the Supreme court. Um, however, I think when we have these moments, it's interesting to like reflect on, and it's a window into the, at least political culture and political climate of the day. And I think we can look back to some of the nominations of a number of these justices who currently sit, that there really was this like unanimous vote that they, it wasn't necessarily how they vote politically. Uh, it is just whether or not this justice, potential justice candidate, uh, is qualified uh, to sit on the bench. And I think this candidate, and I'm, I'm really, if you were to ask me what the qualifications of a Supreme Court justice should be, 
I'm not necessarily the one to tell you what it should be. I'm not writing the checklist of things that they need to have accomplished. However, I think when you look at the, a number of the, 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 the last couple Supreme Court justices that um, Ketanji Brown is incredibly qualified and actually brings a unique perspective to the bench, which is with that um, public defender position. Uh, and I find it interesting to see the, the, the difference between the number of last confirmation hearings, but even more interesting than that is the... Uh, I guess maybe the new precedent that is set in terms of how we go about nominating Supreme Court justices, um, what we are to expect in the future in terms of the partisanship in, in effectively confirming Supreme Court justices. For example, <clears throat> there was only one, uh, at least to my knowledge, one Republican senator who stuck around and applauded this very historic event, and that was Mitt Romney. But every other Republican senator walked out of the room when she was... Well, two others voted. Two others uh, also, to, to give credit where credit's due, because uh, I, I would have voted for Ms. Jackson as well. I'm not going to say who she's more qualified or less qualified then, but in my opinion, she deserves to be on the bench. She's qualified. Uh, uh, exactly. Senator Romney... Uh, Republican of Utah, Senator Murkowski, Republican of Alaska, and Senator Collins, Republican of Maine, were the uh, three yes votes. After even some odd remarks from some Republican senators on how qualified she was, which to me says, well, then how was your vote in question? Uh, but some of it was simply, yes, they did vote against her, but it was optics. They knew she was going to get confirmed regardless. I'm sure if it was honesty day, which I know does not get celebrated, even though there's like 311 other holidays in this country. Uh, but on honesty, like gun to head day, I'm sure there would have been a lot more votes hmm. for. I, I think you could have seen that in the 60s uh, on honesty day. But we haven't really celebrated that for quite some time, as I, as I recall. Mm. So I think, again, to my point, I think that when you have these moments, there is an ability to do like a postmortem or an autopsy on where we currently stand. And I, I realize it's a weird year. <clears throat> it, it certainly is the midterms. The weird decade. And yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, so far anyway. And I, I, I wonder just broadly, I mean, I, I'm not surprised by the hyperpartisanship with this. I think it's to be expected. I mean, even with Kavanaugh and, and, uh, and, 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 and Barrett, um, I mean, Kavanaugh, I'll, I won't lie to you. I think there was a necessary understanding of his past. Um, I certainly, uh, if I ever had a specific position where I needed to be vetted, these things would all matter. Your past does matter. Um, Amy Coney Barrett, I think there's, there's, a, there's certainly things within her past that I think warrant a deeper dive. I really do. And for instance. For, ex, for existence. Or, or <clears throat> for, for example. For instance, like, and let's, let's keep this to qualifications to serve the bench. Not your opinion of Roman Catholicism. 
It's not it's, the time. It's not my opinion. Of I already know what Roman. What her worldview is. I'm but, saying qualifications to sort of the bench. Remember the metric I used for I, Jackson. Yes. Yes. And and I I think that probably given her uh, the Ketanji Brown's background with um, sitting on sentencing committees, um, being a public defender, I think it brings a unique perspective. Um, and, and even if she wasn't an African-American woman, I still think that that perspective, given her background is incredibly important. We haven't had that on the bench in a long time. And, and I think it's worth, um, I, from a qualifications perspective, <clears throat> it's that one extra thing that I think she brings that Amy Coney Barrett doesn't. However, I'm not debating Amy Coney Barrett's, uh, constitutional background. I'm, I'm no, not. I, I would say anyone that manages to be, become a professor in their mid twenties and goes on to while clerking for Scalia becomes a professor or emeritus at, um, no, it's not Ivy league, but I think Notre Dame clearly would suffice for a lot of people having their kids go there. Yeah. I don't really think there's a massive place in addition to her clerking for Scalia, in addition to being a professor from that time forward, it's just difficult to see. I don't Mm -hmm. think she, she and Jackson are really comparable besides the fact that they're both female justices. Sure. Uh, I, I, do I, I didn't really look at the nine, you know, Kavanaugh, you can make whatever case you want to make. I'm not going to relitigate all that because accusations are just that. Gorsuch, obviously, we didn't have much of an issue. His, there were Democrats that jumped on board there. I, sure. I think Gorsuch, I really want to read his book, uh, if you can keep it, which is about the Republic. Mm. But anyway. No, I, th- you know, obviously. I think Jackson qualified yeah. and rightfully confirmed. Yeah, look, I agree. I do think, I think that she is more qualified than Amy Coney Barrett in terms of just her experience. But it doesn't mean that Amy Coney Barrett shouldn't sit on the bench. She she is. She's going to. I just don't see what what point that that makes. I mean, what they're all on the bench. I mean, is she more qualified than Sotomayor? Um, Kagan. Yeah, and I see your point. Your point is like, hey, look, it doesn't matter. They're on the bench. It takes it's, it takes impeachment right. or resignation or just retirement for that person I mean, to leave. Like, I mean, personally, I wouldn't have picked yeah, Brett Kavanaugh. Per, per, that wasn't my choice. Yes, personally. Um, I, I, I thought her Ketanji Brown's response to how she feels about the constitution, which I think, I mean, I get Holly Cruz, Blackburn, Lindsey Graham all need a soundbite, right? They need a big soundbite. They need, uh, you know, it doesn't matter because their base doesn't care that the fact that the context for their arguments to her were about, uh, seven cases, seven bench cases where... I mean, I do, I do recognize their right, obviously, to ask those questions, but I watched it. I, absolutely I can. also know... I, you, I did say this before, though. I acknowledge, A, they have the right to ask whatever they want to ask. They're paid a quarter million plus each year to ask those questions. Sound bites or not. Shot, newsflash. Politicians are out for good but, lucks. John, if they didn't however, have sound bites, if they didn't have sound however, bites... Would they ask those same questions? I don't know. But the point of that, the second half of that, I, I don't know. They might, they might not. The second half of that is, I saw the, these questions about these seven, six, seven cases, and then I saw this whole ordeal in a living dictionary, wiktionary, if you will, uh, next to the phrase dead horse. I'm going, okay, Senator Cruz, we get it. You disagree with her assessment of this case that she hasn't looked at in 10, 15 years. I mean, and by the way, he just looked at last week. Right. I get it. 
And so, who confirmed but, her also, to an appellate court in the first place? Some of this theater is to be expected. It's nothing personal, okay? But dude, it was a different. It was. A, I felt it like got it was personal a, with Kavanaugh. I, I it feel, didn't get personal like that with Jackson. I feel like. Yes, but there were allegations of. Doesn't matter. My point is the the sound. There's no basis for this. It's called a jury of one's peers, and it, I suggest if there were a hundred kegs and boys standing down the hall while a girl's getting gang raped, that y'all take this to a day in court. If there's no there there, then let's move on. Obviously, there was no there there, or else a jury of his peers would have convened at some point. They did not. That's a, that's a what if. I would have nominated Kavanaugh personally. I would have had I been POTUS in some nightmare. It would have been Merrick Garland, Neil Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett. Merrick Garland would have been my peace offering. You want to you want to start a new day. So that's if you're the president. If you're President Trump in 2016, imagine if he had said, "You know what? Merrick Garland's a center of the road, relatively speaking, candidate anyway." Everybody's butthurt about this, and he could actually say that. I mean, this is the guy that said Hillary got schlonged by Obama. Remember. Uh, class, no class. Uh, I think that would have been an incredible olive branch to 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 start things on a different note. But I don't think olive branches is necessarily what President Elect Trump was about at the time. Well, what a perfect segue into how to uh, how you can look at a specific event like this nominee and confirmation to see where we are currently. And I think Axios did an amazing. I probably sent it to you. Maybe I didn't, but. Um, everyone remembers, um, I believe his name, I I don't want to butcher his last name, but Jonathan Snow with Axios did that pretty infamous, uh, um, pretty infamous interview with president Trump at the time, uh, where, and I don't, I don't know how Trump's handlers didn't catch this, but Mitch McConnell actually sat down. Handlers? Have you met this guy? You think he has antlers? Oh, he, he they try, I guess. Um, and in the interview question was, and I thought it was a good one, was, um, where's your moral red line? Are you talking about Trump or Mitch McConnell? It was Mitch McConnell. Okay. Um, uh, Snow asked him a question. <clears throat> he said, I just want to know where your red line is. Like, where's your moral red line? And, and of course, uh, Mitchell McConnell said, well, my, my wife loves me. My, my kids like me. Uh, and he literally couldn't, he couldn't say like, look, man, here's my red line. My red line is anything that wrecks the, the, the democracy of the U S anything that endangers the democracy of the U S that's my red line. I will draw the line there. Couldn't even, could not even. Would you have accepted it? Could if not he had even a- articulate. Could not would you even have accepted it if he had. I just told you. I was literally looking for. I want to protect the democracy uh, that we have in this country. He could I not even say. You would have had something to say. What would I have to say? I, I might say I, that I, I don't think speculate. he's. I, look, man, we disagree on a lot of things, uh, but maybe that's all I want to hear from someone like Mitch McConnell is that, Hey, what look, their standard is. I want this democracy to reign true for another 500 years. And I'm willing to protect that at all costs. And there's no way he could say, because there's just no way. And this type of interviewer 
would let that slide to be like, okay, so you think Trump for 2024 is going to protect the the longevity of this democracy, right? Um, there, there's no way, but instead, uh, he obviously, he, 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 he could not answer. And the, the premise of the question was, hey, look, so um, January 6th happened. You said that the president is completely responsible for this. Uh, I mean, it was like unequivocal. You can, everyone can go look it up. I mean, you can you can look up Mitch McConnell's uh, speech on the fl- on the floor that night confirming Biden's um, uh, presidency, and and the question was so you're pretty forceful on on that how but then you you went out on Fox News quite quickly after and said that you'd vote for the guy for president in 2024 you would you would not necessarily vote okay but you would. Uh, you'd be fairly comfortable with Trump as a as a as the as the nominee for the for the Republican Party, and he said, "Yeah, because that's what the that's what the the caucus wants, and so I'm going to uh, I'm going to be completely okay with that and support that." And it's unfortunate because it clearly shows that someone like this, like the minority leader, it shocks you that he's party line. Well, it, it is not shocking that it's part that he is. We all know that this guy is party line, well, but, in, get, but given, given that opportunity, man, he had every opportunity to say, I am for America first, but he couldn't. And I think it's, it's great. Well, it's, take comfort in the fact that at least he wasn't dishonest. It's great to see. I do take comfort in the fact that, look, we know where he stands and we really, truly do know where he stands now. And that is, it is Republican Party first. And the leader, the tippy-top leader of the Republican Party is all about the Republican Party. Not about America. Mitch McConnell is not for America. He is not. He's not for you. He's not for me. He is for the Republican Party. And that is it. And I guess there's a little bit of comfort in knowing that that is the case. That is the case that, uh, and it makes sense. It does make the sense. The devil you know makes you feel better than they- it, it makes sense given the fact that there's a lot of stuff going on in America right now that is that is uh, from the Republican Party that is actively trying to undermine the liberties of of certain groups of Americans, and we can see that in voting, um, uh, voting rights. You can see that in um, these sort of unnecessary bills about uh, uh, trans and, and and homosexuality, completely unnecessary. Uh, abortion. Um, it's funny that the party of big government or the party of small government um, is small enough to fit, um, uh, small enough to um, feel like they need to dictate the uh, medical decisions of of women. Um, and so it's just so it's it's not surprising that Mitch McConnell would also tow um, the the Republican Party line and put it first. And and I think it's incredibly dangerous precedent. I think it's it's it it's telling. It's very dangerous, and I I don't know really where to go next in terms of like when you have a particular group of people who say we are the party of small government, yet they are the party of the most intrusive government that they would like to create that America has ever seen. I don't like, where do you go in terms of a debate, right? Like we've talked about for YouTube, for example, we're going to pick a topic out of the, out of a hat and we're going to talk about 
the merits of this specific motion, right? So maybe the motion is how much government should we have, right? Or should the government be involved in X, Y, and Z? Um, if you look at the current Republican Party, there's not even a good faith argument to have because what the, their actions versus what their ideal is. You've got is, Rick Scott's list, take Senator Scott's list he, for yep, what you will. He, he wants to tax poor people, um, which is com- the, like the literal. Well, it is an agenda is the point. It is an agenda, but it's it, it, like there's so much. Uh, the, the I, I like I'm almost speechless in terms of well, he went he went too broad like he went with too many but, items. But, but it's I'm, fine to be I, broad, but, but if you're gonna be broad, don't do twenty two less. I'll be honest, like man, again, there's a lot of things about conservatism, right? Like fiscal responsibility. About there's a lot of things that I I truly agree with. But I don't even know what's true, if that makes sense, other than the fact that, or like what part of the platform or the ideology is true. Because how do you say that you're the government that wants to get out of the way? You just get out of the way, man. Constitution. We want, we're gonna we're gonna protect our borders. That's it. I mean, bare bones. Libertarian bill. Uh, uh, bare bones, as bare bones as you can get. Yet you're willing. You you actively want to um, tell women that they cannot do a certain thing when it is a decision that they make between the, them and their physician, or um, not allowing educators to even talk about what it is to be gay. I mean, it's. And, I, think and, those and then, two, I think those are two and completely then, different points. They're, they're, but they well, fall under the, I, they fall under the it, same it, umbrella. They gonna, fall it, under the exact same umbrella, man. You can't tell it, me. It, you look, cannot tell me. You cannot, you cannot tell me um, from, from an abortion perspective. You cannot tell me um, that when a government steps in and says a woman can or cannot do something um, and that the thing that is growing, the cells that are growing in her body, right? Even if she was raped or her dad her dad raped her. Oh my gosh, incest and rape. Can't even can't even abort it in that case. That that is this party of small That's, government. I haven't. I haven't Are, is that small? Anything. Is that is that small government to you? Or is I that? I haven't espoused anything along those lines. And I the thing to me. I mean, you're is you're if, pro you're pro fetus. How how is that? I I also am one of the few people that has a middle ground here because as a former medical professional, no, I wasn't a BSN. I was a corpsman, but I do know that no, there's no magic ray of light. The minute you're done having sex uh there's a zygote and there's our baby it doesn't work that way it's usually what at least 10 days it can be a couple of weeks before that's actually even uh, uh fertilized an egg so you know and a lot of people don't realize this too an abortion is actually radically ready <laughs> readily used uh medical technology it's it's correct uh terminology uh a miscarriage is an abortion it's it just is. not one that's performed with a provider. It's a natural. Uh, so there's a number. It's there's a number of layers here. There, there's a number of layers here to unpack. But I, I think that's a bit of a conflation of the issue, though, to, to put my perspective on that with the "don't say gay" thing. Because I, I, I thought about this because I asked. But, 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 I, I pointed me, out to my mother. I said, "You know, where do you think that homosexuals and/or trans people?" And my mother agreed with me. It was about the whole bathroom issue. I said, "Where do you think those folks have been going to the bathroom the whole time when I was at a kid going to the bathroom at Walmart?" There were gay men, I'm sure, transsexuals, I don't know, going to the bathroom around me. 
she waited outside the bathroom door for me to come out. I didn't talk to anybody. You know, like, like I most... never thought of discussing my childhood bathroom visits yeah. on a podcast, but well, the song remains the same. It wasn't an issue to me. Yep, exactly. It's not an issue to me now. So I'm very sorry for this group of people. They're not, you know, they call me a rhino. I am a registered independent, but I'm going, I didn't move. Okay. I'm not saying the Nixon Rockefeller wing was exactly high flying in 2008, but it all that disappeared. Now, I didn't go anywhere. But I really, I harken back to what Rudy Giuliani said in 2008 when he was running his presidential campaign. And he said, I'm sorry, I just think the Republican Party should stay out of the bedrooms of consenting adults. And that's, that's the bottom line. So, so then we, we ultimately agree that there's no way that the Republican Party can label themselves as the party of small or limited government I mean, when, they they're, when they are the most intrusive party currently on the market for America. I mean, they can't. I guess they could accurately call themselves the party of smaller. They could have a parentheses and ER next to that. Smaller. My question is smaller than what? Because the last time there was unified Republican control, spending didn't get slashed. It's just, it's just interesting how, you know, I think the Democratic label today is they're socialist. They're, they want to, you know, uh, they want to control everything you do. They're, we're we're going to be like China yet. I think that, from from like an abortion perspective or an autonomy perspective, you have the Democratic Party and even the progressive wing of that actually being so much more limited government than the than than the party that espouses limited government. And I, I guess it's just super confusing to see. Um, I, I guess you know we've talked about this a, a bunch where it's like the further Trump. We'll just say Trump, for example, because he is really him and Mitch McConnell really like the kind of the and Ron DeSantis for that point, who had just amassed a hundred million dollar war chest, so um, that. who uh, who who will likely be a, a huge contender for the nomination come twenty twenty four, which I don't think Trump actually wants to run, but I think he's probably thankful that in some way in his narcissistic brain that Ron DeSantis is actually going to take this over because Trump. Is in a huge bunch of legal. He has a bunch of legal exposure. I don't think he enjoyed it at all. And I think if he had the opportunity to not do it, he would. I agree because everything is being exposed. Everything that they've done criminally and corruptly is being Mm -hmm. exposed. And it's he just can't do the right thing. His family can't do the right thing. He can't do the right thing. Um, Whether or not he actually goes to jail for it will be another thing. But it that ain't gonna happen. It's confusing. I, so what I've said, and I think consistently at least, is that when you lie, when you, um, as a party, you're you're really not. Uh, there is no principality, right? There, the, the only there, there's no real values or principles that you stand by because you can just change it at any point. Um, that it, it eventually will implode on itself. And, and I think every, everything that I'm going to say here will take a step back to more of the 30,000 foot view. And I mean, we saw it with, uh, we saw it with the, with the, the re- recent Supreme court nomination that there, that there were grasping at straws to, to just vilify the other side to the point where we are literally getting sound bites for seven specific sentencing cases um and we're trying to label someone as you know a crt lover i mean i mean just everything about it 
was gross. And I wonder if we're, if we're seeing this, um, in mass within sort of the Republican ideology that there, because there's no agenda, because there is no, uh, principality anymore that we literally will just fart in the wind and see which direction it goes and just go for that. I mean, the recent thing, it's a rehash trope groomer pedophile. Now that if you say you like the don't say gay bill, now we're, now we're pedophile lovers, which again is a was a homosexuality like it's a trope basically that if you're gay, you want to bang little boys and little girls. It's just it's it's so out there, it's so ridiculous. I have nothing to do with that. I realize you don't. I mean, this isn't an attack on you, man. Like I'm no, definitely, I'm, I'm definitely, just, a, I'm definitely a way more, I'm definitely a way more left leaning centrist here. But I think what's crazy is that I think I'm speaking more like a libertarian. Where it's like I don't really care what you do. I don't think trans people, I don't think gay people at all in, in mass are trying to groom little kids. Or if I'm supported, a little more than a libertarian would. So I am all about complete limited government. I mean, literally in Tennessee right now, this is the Republican party. Okay. In Tennessee, they have, they are literally deconstructing the current marriage laws, which by the way, ironic and really rich that we're labeling everyone that supports gay people and trans people as pedophiles and groomers. The Tennessee law that they're doing away with is trying to strip it down to common law, common law, the law in Tennessee the, the common law law literally the says the statute says between man and a woman, which is antiquated at this point. Um, and probably likely unconstitutional given the Supreme court, um, uh, ruling in 2015 with Oberfell. But the goal is to strip away, um, all the way down to common law so that the statute saying that it is common laws between a man and a woman that a clerk can then, uh, legally say, no, I will not uh, give this common law certificate to a man and a man or a woman and a woman. The real catch here that's even crazier is that it also, by doing this, strips away um, marriage laws in terms of age and consent to marriage, which opens up the ability for someone in Tennessee who's 50 to marry a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, 11 or 10-year-old, which is super rich coming from the fact that the future head of the GOP, Ron DeSantis, um, is, uh, is super worried about Democrats being groomers and pedophiles uh, because we just are kind of okay with people talking about what it means to have a guy and a guy being married with a kid or a girl and a girl being married with a kid. That's something that a kid might have a question about and is totally fine and is something that anyone should be able to say, look, they both love each other and that's the way it is. But we can't even do that. In fact, there's teachers right now losing their jobs because they've had to talk about just these things. Meanwhile, the party in Tennessee um, has now stripped away protections of young kids um, and is actively trying to figure out a way that gay people just cannot get married. This is the party of small government, you guys. This is the party of small government. Well, changing a statute doesn't change the size of the government, Nate. I mean, I, I see what you're driving at. Well, I mean, it's a party, uh, of, party of small government, man. They, they want you to, to, they want the government to get out of the way, John. They don't they, want they, small government, Nate. They just exactly. want it to be different government. Uh, they want they, it to be different government, okay? Again, I'll say. So what government, what government do they want, John? What, what government do they want? They, with unified Republican government, they didn't cut spending. 
There was no great moment for the Reagan Republican that was then House Speaker Paul Ryan. It never came. That day never arrived. Okay? Do, you, do, you th- do you think they genuinely think the Republic would be better if gay people can't get married? Or genuinely better if um, we, we should just not well, talk about, we should just absolutely that? not talk about gay, anything gay? Do you think they actually genuinely think the Republic would be better um, if we, we cannot talk about these things? Let me answer the second, but the latter, regarding the school children, let me say, I want to be very careful how I put this. Uh, for one and that's thing, weird that called, you need to be careful. Like, just be honest. Well, because if you're because being careful, people. it means that it's probably, probably a position that is antiquated and doesn't really fit. I just want to, I just possibly, I just want to, uh, if you, if you got to well, word it in a certain way. Well, I want to be careful not to come off as flippant because I, I know I can come off as a bit callous. But um, my, my answer for the far right there is that's why there's private schools. Don't change the public school statutes because that's why we allowed those little clubs in the first place. Which is, you know, um, goes back to Ted Cruz calling out Katanji Brown parent, about CRT a, at Georgetown. As a parent, which I'm not, but my concern, my preference would be that the teachers re-divert them to me say that's something you talk about with your parents that's what i would prefer i would prefer answer those questions for my child if i had one myself so why um, what do you do i think what do that you a f- teacher should be fired for answering those questions no so i'm curious what are you afraid that would happen like what what are you afraid i'm of? not afraid of anything happening it's simply from the perspective of uh, theoretically speaking again that's my child i would prefer explain a that's opening up the birds and the bees and i don't give a shit what your indoctrination is i reserve the right to tell my child about that that's fine um but i think that's getting into the weeds though because i i don't the issue to me is like when elton john for instance came out in 1994 with the lion king and whatnot and i grew up listening i mean my brother blasting it from the time i was able to speak english so i asked my father what that meant and he's his answer to me i've Never forgot it to this day. He said, "Son, that means uh, that he is uh, with." Uh, he explained, "You know, with another man and living a, a different lifestyle than what your mother and I have chose, chosen to live." That's the way he put it, and I think that's the whether anyone likes that answer or not. I think that's a parent's prerogative. I think to have those sorts of discussions. But again, I don't know that we need a statute about this. I mean, is there some? I guess I would need to see the pretext for the bill. I what. What harm, great societal harm, are we solving here? Just like a, a bill to keep my nephews from going into bathrooms with, with trans people. I, I, do we have a scanner? How do we know? Because like I could wear a dress today. That doesn't change my anatomy. So, But if I wear a dress and go on Target, I have a feeling some people are going to be uncomfortable with me going into the men's bathroom with, say, their male children. Okay? But, you see what I mean? But, it just it raises yeah, but, these... So, and that's, again, that's, I think... That's where why, that, why do we that, have why, why that, are we doing this? And that again is the ridiculous of the ridiculousness of this entire thing. That I don't some, think it's over. Well, hold on, hold on. So, it, somehow, so there's a line here, right? There's there is there is this situation up here. There's this situation down here. They they in no way being trans or gay has no relationship to wanting to or, or be sexually attracted to a kid. There, there's, there's absolutely no evidence for it. There is no, I guarantee there's no anecdotal evidence that anyone can pr- produce that saying I've never seen that being gay or being trans means you have a greater propensity 
to liking little boys well, or little agree. girls. I would agree. They're I- being a pedophile, gay, straight, cisgender, and trans has there's no relationship between any of those about sexualizing little kids. And that's no, the danger. That is the danger no, it, of where we it, are at right thing, now that it, we're actually, by the way, the list of the God, the list of Republican molesters, it's, leaders are just absolutely crazy. You really stunning. say that? You and your Freudian slips, I swear to God. No, no, no. I mean, like the literal list of Republican molesters. leaders that have molested young kids is extraordinarily long uh, who have been charged and, and, and had some sort of probation or jail time is extraordinarily long. It's crazy. It's, and that's just the point it's, it's Matt Gates, for example, is under investigation currently for literally trafficking underage girls. It, it is astounding the hypocrisy. And maybe I'm, Maybe I'm just so annoyed by it that I'm using this platform to talk about it. But I'm annoyed it, that it's an issue, not because of you. I'm annoyed with the fact that we can't be the, the party of the people's business right now. We, we, we've got some rather extraordinary issues from within in the continental United States. And itself. this is what we are choosing, or this particular political ideology is choosing to well, make part of front it's and that center. sort of abstract trolling, Nate, because the tropes uh, occupies a lot of y'all's time. What, no, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I'm the Wizard of Oz. There's no telling what kind of stuff's actually going on right now in Tennessee that this nice little veneer is taking a whole lot of attention off. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I, it's, well, I uh, also know that, look, there's no honor amongst thieves. And we're talking about a, a cadre of people that at times seem to have a propensity for a Machiavellian slash unjustifies the means mentality. So what, what is that? What is that? What brought you Donald Trump? But what is the end? Like, what are they looking for? Is it Gilead? Is I, like, I don't know. Is it power? Uh, is it because there's so much insecurity in the, in the progress that is going on in the world that will just inevitably happen? Um, that, because you feel so, you know, it's, you know, we talked about like kind of the cornered animal um, and you could have the nicest animal you've ever seen or just an ambivalent animal that just goes about its day. But the second it's cornered, it turns into something, a monster, hey, an old expression, a old, monster you've never seen. Axiom. Think about this. And saying goes, a man who picks a cat up by the tail learns something he can learn in no other way. Well, it's really true. You inflict pain on an animal. I don't care how much they love you. And that's the same way with people. Well, and I guess that's, I mean, maybe that explains where we're at right now. Maybe there is this sort of inevitable cultural societal shift that's happening, which I think personally is for the better. I think, uh, again, I don't care. I don't care what you do. So long as you are not infringing on my life, liberty in pursuit of happiness. um, I don't care who you want to be what you are, how you have felt um, about your gender, uh, about your, I don't, I don't care. I just want you to be a good citizen. That's all. I want you to as be a good as neighbor. Long as, it, as long as it involves considering adults, you know what I think about them and their way of life? Don't I care. don't. You don't. Okay. Exactly. I don't. I go but about there's what I got to do. about 60 million voters that apparently do care a lot. A 
lot. That or they're that or they're voting for the total package of what they want that comes with this. The, that's the, the thing, though, dude. This is the total package. Don't say gay and abortion and trans. Uh, trans trans massive, are literally the massive expansion of the police state. Then. The only thing that matters right now, because there is no other agenda. There literally is there no is. other agenda. Of course there is. There's not a platform. But tell me you didn't notice the massive expansion of the police state. Come on. What are you talking about? Like the, from the Patriot Act in 2000? The, no, the last five years alone, the use of the police for political purposes, the, 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 the civil unrest and the, in my mind, uh, overkill and response. Uh, to me, what, we, what we've seen repeatedly is just a complete expansion of the state. And it's just, it's not your priorities, Nate. They're not small government. They're a different government. Well, okay. I, then maybe they need a rebranding. I mean, it'd, it'd they, be, would love, they would love a cop every couple of houses, okay? They, that'd be their social program. We're going to hire federal police because everything's illegal. That's party they love right? God. They love God. Oh, they sure do. But, but there's a plant that he created that if you happen to set it on fire, as the wise Cat Williams once said, there are some effects. And because of that plant, the God, the God they claim to love created, there are quite a few people serving out the rest of their natural lives in prison over a nonviolent crime related to the distribution of that plant created by the God they love. So they're no, they're not small government. They're different government. It's good to know. I like that. Let's reset that. They're different government. All right. Well, let's end on a high I'm trying note. To be let's let let's end on a high note. Um, I, I do want to say that Congress finally, for better or for worse, but I think for better, has actually finally made some federal action um, on marijuana decriminalization. And I, think, and I do think Schumer, Chuck Schumer, um, I think they they're probably will do their rounds in terms of, you know, what. what um, it's bullshit, Nate. Do you think it is? You don't think, think we're, we're kind of I mean, at this they, point? I, I get their efforts or not. I'm not calling their efforts bullshit. But where I'm, where I'm saying this doesn't pass the smell test is, okay, so once again, it is federally illegal, but we're wink, wink, nod, nodding at banks about this because it comes back to this for me. We still are going to have people rotting in prison over it. Well, but I thought, I, you know, I haven't looked at it. Um, the First Step Act helped. No, I agree, but I, don't, I didn't read it in its entirety, but I do believe there was a carve out for specific in um, uh, uh, or a specific path forward for nonviolent drug offenses offenses with marijuana. Um, I do believe that that is there. Um, at, could it be broader? Possibly, uh, but I do think there was a carve out for that, though, I, or at least there was something it's written into the that. The same thing is what needs to be done, Nate. And, and this is—I mean, this is the fifth time that the House has passed this. For God's sake. Well, do you think do you think the Senate gets a move on this? Do you think do you think it happens? Schumer's been promising since the election that it was going to be an issue and we've yet to actually see that. Well, I think uh, the last thing I read was that he's gonna give it um about a month. They're gonna start doing the rounds and of course seeing you what, and hope maybe Joe Biden will forget. Uh, I mean, I I look, I think it's promising. I, I personally I think do he might veto it. You think Joe Biden in this current climate is going to veto any sort of bill like that that goes, it comes across his desk? Well, I'm not going to say that the odds are in that 
happenings favor, but I will say that stranger things have come to light in the last half decade. I think that Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is looking for a win for him to right a wrong for him being in support of Tough on Crime Acts back in the 90s. It's I not going to help him with it. It's not going to help him with the sheriff's lobby, any. It's not going to help him in purple Pennsylvania, any. What? Pro marijuana laws? Lo- the sheriff's lobby is one of the biggest people opposed to this. So, Yeah, but you know, look, they want to lock people up. That's what they do. I just don't know. I wouldn't sign this before the midterms if I was in his position. I'm not sure that it helps you. Oh, man, I completely disagree with you. Marijuana laws across the board or decriminalization? Yeah, because again, I can still point out to the fact that it's federally illegal, and it, it, it look. I just I, I'm so tired of these. Like it, it's like we have an excuse in the Greater New Orleans area to patch our roads. Okay, we have a, a legit reason for that. Okay, DC does not have a reason to not have smooth roads, and I'm using that as an analogy here. Yes, but what? The hell would you say you do here? Five times you've passed this, and what? Four times bitten, three times shot. I mean, what? What the hell is going on? I just I, this this is absurd. Wow. Well, I I do believe that even just lowering it from a schedule one to a schedule two has a lot of implications. So is that actually you think going to survive the Senate? Well, I mean, it just depends on what the concessions are, right? I mean, that's the entire thing about politics. It's about um, how do we how do we get this across the finish line with some concessions? I, I don't think that. Look, I if it's about power and it's about money, there's no reason why the right can't get on board with this uh, because there's an awful lot of money out there with this. It's not one of their priorities yet. Yeah, yeah. I think the test is going to be when you see it become recreational, recreationally legal in Louisiana and Florida. Possibly, we'll see. I think the majority of the people in those states want it, but again, I think politics is always ten to fifteen years behind culture. I mean, I don't have any. I don't have a prescription. Nor do I. But uh, but uh, you know. But uh, but uh, uh all right, my friend. We are at ninety minutes. My laptop's going to die. My charger's not within reach. Oh, no. I know. Be still at heart. Um, But look, as always, it's an honor and a privilege to do this with you, whether it's weekly or biweekly. And we always, as as always, appreciate your continued listenership. Uh, And uh, we will be back. So until next time, we'll see you.